Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am glad you're here with me today. And what is today? <laughs> today is August 12th, 2019. It is a Monday morning, and I'm recording at about 5.30 in the morning. Uh, it's still plenty dark out. We're moving towards fall. And, um, but it's not too bad outside. Um, I was thinking about recording outside again this morning, but I tell you, the insects were so loud, I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to hear me or if it was just going to be too much of a distraction. So I instead just am chilling out here on the couch and hoping that our internet connection keeps working during this uh, podcast. We've been having some internet troubles. Uh, we have a, a wireless link here to the house, and it, uh, it has to go through a bit of a chain. We have a tower. I don't know how far the tower is. I'm going to guess it's probably three miles away. And uh, we are where our house is, it slopes down from the regular upland. So in order to be able to get that, we were going to have to install here at our house a 60-foot tower to be able to look kind of like over the horizon. Not, it's not that far, but it's, you know, up because the ground is lower heading towards the Little Wabash River. And then you also have tree lines that people have, and it was going to have to go that high. Well, we have the most wonderful neighbors in the world, and they have... Um, a, a big high line pole uh, with a, another pole attached to the top so they can reach that tower. So we have our little reception dish over on theirs so it goes from the big tower to their house's tower and then we have a smaller I guess you would say like a relay I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a microwave relay, but I don't know what exactly frequency it is. But it then shoots it uh, across the the pond to our house, and it's attached to the downspout of our gutter, and then that comes in by cable to the house. And I guess you could say if uh, if the wind blows strong in the wrong direction, it it could probably wiggle those things a little bit and may throw off the reception. But, oh, pardon me. Goodness, that yawn came out of nowhere. Um, we haven't been having the wind, but we have really been having internet struggles. So, hopefully, um, you know, either it'll work its way out, or we're calling the the internet place today, the provider, saying, "Hey, we've got some issues. We're we're having to use our data on our phones more than we can use." Um, what we're paying for so but anyway hopefully this podcast will keep going um, today without any uh, Wi-Fi interruption but I guess the main thing I'm thinking this morning and I'm assuming for my wife is oh my goodness am I sore and she worked a lot harder physically than I did this weekend so I know she's very sore but we did this was a very big productive weekend or actually week here at the farm uh, we took out took down removed 
a lot of our infrastructure um, with the goat with our, our goats and uh, redid it reworked it um, we had a bobcat skid steer loader uh, that I was operating and we moved oh goodness what I ordered I hopefully I got exactly what I ordered but about uh, 10 tons of lime and 10 tons of road pack rock and we put lime down a couple of inches of lime in the dough pen and then placed uh, one foot square pavers and I think uh, so far we've had um, around 250 maybe 300 pavers that were laid we uh, we purchased so we could get the discount at Menards another 245 uh, to lay on another part and the greatest thing was we had a couple of grandsons and a friend of a grandson that was helping us on Saturday and that made all the difference in the world because I can't imagine what our backs would have been like if it wasn't for these young bucks that came out and were carrying at times um, five pavers uh, from a wheelbarrow to where we were laying them and that was actually they were carrying them from the pallet at first and they're 17 pounds a piece and they did it without much fussing at all even though it was kind of tearing up their hands maneuvering them even with gloves so we had that we had uh, working on fixing some holes in the road cleaning out uh, manure it was just a very busy full weekend so I know I'm sore and hurting and I was running the skid loader a good portion of the time and so I'm uh, uh, my wife is is sleeping in in a well-deserved way I guess you would say today <laughs> but anyway well let's get down to you know the podcast and what we're going to be covering and I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Five Star Man but it is a uh, Christian men's organization and they put out a lot of good material uh, to uh, to help men um, be the right kind of man the right kind of father the right kind of dad and the uh, I've had the opportunity actually to to meet the fella that that started five-star man uh, he was um, he was uh, visiting the church and it was uh, it was really it was neat it was neat meeting somebody who is working a, a good ministry so this this was something that was posted um, by that organization and I really like it because it fits in a lot of different ways it can fit into marriage it can fit into you know family relationships it can fit into work relationships it can fit into you know interactions with a boss with a neighbor whoever it is uh, but it's it's titled five ways to not be used and I'll know about you I, I enjoy helping people I have no problem uh, you know doing what it takes if somebody is needing help to try to 
to help them. You know, it just depends on what they're needing. You know, and you know, like like I always say with the Good Samaritan story, you know, you help from uh, what you have a you know typically a wealth of. You know, in his case, he helped out financially, and and taking a risk in doing so in that biblical story. Uh, but if you don't have any financial resources, you can't help in that area. But you may have listening skills. You may have labor skills. You may have a car where another person doesn't. And so we help in whatever ways that we're blessed. And so I, I enjoy doing that. And I know probably a lot of you do as well. If you have the opportunity to help, you don't mind doing so. But you really don't like being used. And there's some people out there that use. And so this is a way, these are, I, I like these, these tips uh, because they, they are very practical observations. Uh, five ways to not being used. Uh, number one, believe patterns, not apologies. Believe patterns, not apologies. Yes, we all screw up. We will every single one of us does and will and that's not going to stop until you know we uh, cash in the chips on this life we will we will always make mistakes and we need to accept responsibility and we need to apologize and help the other person to be able to forgive us for our shortcomings that's really what apologizing you know is is helping somebody else to forgive and when when we um, when we screw up, along with that comes a responsibility, a responsibility to try to make the changes that are needed so we don't keep screwing up in that area. Now some changes are easy, some changes are hard, especially if it's a long-standing pattern. But you see, here's the thing that that point is uh, is being made is that you know believe patterns not apologies you see there's two things involved here the apology ties into forgiveness and we need to forgive we need to forgive you know not even unconditionally we need to forgive why because it helps us that's, that's one of the key things. Holding on to unforgiveness causes too many problems for you and typically doesn't for the person who did the offense. So forgiving as quickly as you can. But the other part is trust. And you see, what do we trust? Do we trust the words or do we trust the actions? Do we trust the apology or do we trust the pattern? So if somebody is in a pattern, I may love them, I may forgive them, but my trust needs to be tempered, needs to be limited, needs to be graduated because if I extend too much trust then I'm probably going to get burned again. I'm probably going to get used again. So what is the person's pattern? They may not even be aware of their pattern. And so, you know, if that's the case, what are ways that you can help that person be able to hear that they have a pattern? without getting defensive over it. But believe patterns, not apologies. Number two, don't fall in love with potential. 
Now this, you know, it sounds like it's writing more for, you know, uh, romantic relationship, marriage kind of stuff. But also, we can quote fall in love excessively like a variety of things from friends to jobs and so don't fall in love with potential now what does that mean potential is something that could be but it's not here yet when I do counseling with people when I'm working on therapeutic issues one of the things that I strive to see is their potential because that's kind of like the future roadmap that I'm going to try to help them walk along to get to where they need to go. But when we fall in love with potential and that potential doesn't come, then you didn't fall in love with the person. You fell in love with who you wanted them to be. You didn't fall in love with the job or like the job. You liked what you thought the job could be and if it doesn't turn out that way, now there's the problem. I had a couple that came to me many years ago and the uh, the issue was after several years of marriage the wife was kind of fed up that he hadn't changed and in asking her to explain she said well he was a lot of fun and I enjoyed that but I expected this to change and this to change and this to change and this to change when we got married and those things didn't change. And so I asked her, did you talk about this with him? Well, no, not until I'm so upset I'm ready for to end the marriage. And in a way, that sounded a little bit like fraud. Yes, I love you and I want to marry you because of who I think you're going to be in the future, not because of who you are now. So don't fall in love with potential. That's a way of easily getting used. Number three, believe all red flags. What are red flags? Red flags are warning signs, aren't they? They're things that are out there that, you know, you're sitting there listening to or looking at, and it tells you there's danger ahead. So if there are red flags, you know, pay attention to them. They're a warning flag for a reason. Now, you know what are when you when you think about how do you know if something's a red flag or not well if you're looking at a relationship and you find yourself not feeling good about some sort of part of it feeling uncomfortable feeling you know different from other kinds of relationships that you currently have or you have had in the past well, ask yourself the question, why am I uncomfortable here? Why am I uncomfortable? If it is a dating relationship and you're feeling pressured to, you know, limit your interaction with your other friends, well, and, you're, and it doesn't feel right, ask yourself the question, why is that? What is, what is going on? Is it you know, is it somebody who is, I mean, two possible things. One is maybe that person that you're, you're dating is really concerned about you regarding certain friends that are causing problems for you. That could be a legitimate 
reason. Or it could be somebody who is very much into control or abuse who's trying to isolate you from family or friends. That that would be a red flag there. Or let's say if you know if at a work in a work setting, um, you know there's you know things that are you know how how people are treated, how people are are uh, controlled. Maybe there is a use of guilt or manipulation in order to get people to do things you know that they're not wanting to do. You know it could be like you know pilfering or stealing from the company. You know that should be a red flag. That gets people fired. That gets people thrown in jail. So, you know, if there are red flags, you know, you know, take those seriously. Believe them. You know, when I also think about that is, it ties in with being able to recognize red flags. Do you, are you in touch with your own sense of morals? Do you have a strong sense of right and wrong? Or does your right and wrong fluctuate with your emotions? Where at one time you're opposed to it, another time you're rationalizing it because you really want it. You have a strong emotion thing. Mm, that, that can be a whole other topic, can't it? Let's look at number four. Know your worth. Know your worth. What is your value as a person personally? What is your value of as a person in relationships? What is your value as a person to God? What is your value as an employee? Know what your worth is. Don't sell yourself short. Don't overinflate yourself, but don't sell yourself short. And number five, don't lower your standards. Yeah. It's very easy to start doing that, so don't. You know, whenever I think about it, there's a story that comes to mind. I've used this in counseling many times. Hold on a second. I am having Neapolitan coffee today. Um, it was in a box of assorted ice cream flavored coffees. And uh, it's not bad. It's a different flavor. It kind of grows on you a little bit. Um, there was also, what was it, a butter rum ice cream flavored. They kind of taste like the real thing, but you know, it's it's still not ice cream. I like ice cream. Anyway, back to the back to what was the, the topic here? My phone just uh, auto-saved itself. Let me Yeah, don't lower your standards. The story. There was an antique dealer and had a little store. And the, the lady was going through her store, and she was dusting. And she was looking at the different items and kind of thinking about how she had acquired them. And, and, and then she, she was you know seeing, is it something that she just recently got in, or had she had it for a while? And she came across this table. And the table, it was, it was kind of a, a, a small dining room table. And so she's dusting it and realized, you know, I've had this for a long time. I need to really get this thing moved so I have room to put in other things. And she saw the price tag, and she had $500 on it. So she thought, well, tell you what, I'm going to mark it down to $400 and see if that'll get a buyer. 
So as she's doing her dusting around the store, a gentleman comes in, takes a, a gander around at the different items, and she notices he's looking at that table. So she goes over and asks if she can help, and he said, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this, this table here, and I, I see you've got it marked down to 400, but you know what, I just don't think it's quite a $400 table. I mean, you look at it, the, ta the wood of the tabletop doesn't match the legs and you know it's it's just kind of put together it looks like from a couple of different tables and you look down there at the the feet they've been scuffed there's some scratch marks here uh, you know they've been somewhat you know repaired but you know I just don't think it's a four hundred dollar table and she said well let me tell you about this table and so she tells the story of how it was acquired that it had been in one family's possession for nearly a hundred years until an estate sale where she picked it up and that at the time of its making it was a unique style to have one type of wood for the tabletop and another type for the rest of the table and that it was only done for a few years in this manner and that the scuffs was this this told the history of multiple family member or multiple families that had used this table as it had gone down in their family tree and that it told the history of children being raised and and grandchildren being in the home and she went on and on describing this and then she paused and said you know what um I'm not sure if $400 is the right price. And she said, I'm pretty positive $300 that you're offering isn't the right price. So she took out her marker and marked out the tag where it said $400 and she wrote $600. And he said, wait a minute, what are you trying to pull? It was only $500 originally. And she said, yeah that's true and because no one had been interested in it I was gonna drop its value but having talked to you and thinking about this table I realize that it has a lot more worth and you're either going to buy it and see it for its worth or you're gonna pass on it and somebody else will see it for its worth I love that story because that can fit into each and every one of us. How many times have you sold yourself short? How many times have you given in to relationships? You've given in to jobs. You've given in to friends. You, because you lowered your standard out of a sense of desperation. Out of a sense of loneliness. Out of a sense of frustration. Well, you know what? Don't lower your standards. That's one way to become used. Raise your standards and raise your own value so that you will be appreciated. And don't necessarily socially hang out with people where you have to lower your standard to be accepted. I'm not talking about being a snob. I'm not saying that at all but pay attention to the standard that you set
All right, folks, that's it for today. I hope this was a good podcast, and I hope that you uh, you enjoyed uh, these uh, these points and can find golden nuggets in them that you can apply to your own life. All right, we will wrap it up for today. Have yourself a great one. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye bye.